This is the Unstoppable Authors Podcast with world building warrior Angeline Trevina and the queen of flawed protagonists, H.B. Line. Every week we bring you discussions on the craft of writing, author life and business and interviews with some of the industry's most unstoppable authors. A writer's life doesn't have to be solitary. We're here to bust that myth, support you on your journey and encourage you to be unstoppable. Welcome to episode 78 of the Unstoppable Authors podcast. And here we are, finally, at the beginning of a brand new year. It's an odd one because while 2021 has the weight of so much hope pinned on it, it also doesn't need to be that great to beat its predecessor. And you know, it feels kind of odd to be without Holly on the first episode of a brand new year, but well, this is how our timetable has worked out, so there you go. But happy new year to Holly, and we will have her back again next week. First up, I want to say a huge thank you to all of our patrons. Your continued support means the world to us. Patrons get early access to episodes, exclusive behind-the-scenes access to our off-air banter, as well as the warm, fuzzy feeling of supporting the podcast. If you'd like to support the show, you can do so for just £3 a month at patreon.com forward slash unstoppable authors. And it would be really great if you could take a moment to share this episode on social media. Grab a screenshot, share it directly from your podcast platform, or even take a selfie with it. Just remember to tag us so that we can share it too. It means so much to hear from our listeners and to know that you enjoy the show. So let's kick off with a personal update. Although, to be honest, I don't really have much to report because... I actually decided to take December off. 2020 chose to give us a good hard kicking before it left, so I really needed to take some time to focus on the stresses and strains of real life without the stresses and strains of my business. But this is why it's so great to have a business that runs on passive income. Once a book is published, you can just sell it over and over and over without doing any more work to it. Okay, sure, so there's marketing. But if you get things right, this can honestly become a minimal amount of time and effort. I know that some of you will scoff at that, but I'll explain in a moment. For instance, I made a good chunk of income selling books on Christmas Day. I was sitting on the sofa, watching movies and eating far too much. I was not marketing. It was completely passive. So how can you get the marketing right so that it simply rolls in? With time and effort. Ha, I made out that it was easy, didn't I? Well, the easy part comes after all the time and effort of getting it right. Automation is your friend. So take your newsletter subscribers through an automation sequence of introductory emails whenever they join your list and integrate your mailing list everywhere that you possibly can. Let it all just happen automatically while you're doing other things like 
writing. Yes. Or sitting on the sofa overindulging. Schedule your social media in batches. Do it all in a time that might otherwise be idle or wasted. Plan your social media so that you're not spending time trying to decide what to post that day. Every month, I write out a full plan for the whole month so that I have things to post every single day. But for me, the real game changer has been Amazon ads. Complex, yes, and difficult to get right. Now, I consider myself incredibly lucky that mine have just taken off this past year better than I could have hoped. But you can do it too, because honestly, it wasn't really luck, even though it might feel that way. I had the right books. I'd planned, written and published exactly the right books that would sell well with ads. And maybe that is luck, or maybe it's hard work and clever planning. Maybe it's half and half. Now, I had watched so many webinars, read so many books and stared at the advertising dashboard so many times and it confused the hell out of me. I got tangled up in the numbers and numbers scare me. They make me want to run away and hide. They stress me out. I'm a words person, not a numbers person. And it's funny The way that someone can come along and teach you exactly the same things that you've learnt before, but they just happen to teach you in a way that finally makes sense, that just works for you. Because we're all different and we all learn differently, so it just takes finding that person and that system of learning. And last January, I found mine with Brian Cohen's Amazon Ads Challenge. I am honestly not on any kind of commission for this. It just really worked for me. So I want to pass that on to you guys because maybe it can work for you too. For no more than a week of your time, you could really get this to work like I did. You could suddenly find a way that the numbers aren't scary anymore. And the best thing is you can start small, really small. I didn't have hundreds of pounds to pour into this. I didn't even have 100 And Brian's system is based on small, cheap bids. And while the challenge encourages you to make loads of ads, you don't have to. I didn't. Even now, I'm running less than he suggests to. So if you've been putting off Amazon ads because they scare you or the economics scare you, I really urge you to sign up to Brian's challenge this month. Just give it a go even if you just watch the videos and don't actually create any ads at all. So search online for Brian Cohen's Amazon ad challenge and get yourself signed up. You can also listen to Holly interviewing Brian on this podcast at the end of December 2019. I'll post both those links in the show notes at unstoppableauthors.com for you. But I really recommend doing the challenge. I will be doing it again. Goodness, sorry, that turned into a very long personal update, didn't it? So let's move on to our question of the week. So this week, my question for you is, what rituals do you have to get you into the right headspace for writing? Now, why am I asking you about rituals? It is all related to my topic for today, world building festivals and celebrations. I thought, with New Year having only just happened, it would be fun to look at 
creating celebrations for your books because they can be really fun and they can also be really useful too. Of course, for a lot of us, New Year was very different this time around, but I bet lots of you have little rituals and traditions that you still carried out even if it was on a much smaller scale. Because there are rituals that tend to happen nationwide, like in the UK, listening to Big Ben chime midnight, fireworks, singing Old Lang Syne. These are pretty standard things that loads of people across the UK do each year. But then you also have family traditions and individuals create little rituals of their own. I suspect this year some brand new traditions have been started. Now my family have a couple of New Year traditions. One of them is eating apple pie on New Year's Day for good luck. Now I have no idea how many generations that has been going on for in my family, but I have never missed a single year of apple pie, even the year that I was at university and I completely forgot to buy any and I ended up running to McDonald's on New Year's Day to buy one of their apple pies. And yes, it is very important to me. I would, I I think I'd have a bit of a freak out if I didn't have apple pie on New Year's Day. So that is something that I have adopted from my mum, who adopted from her mum, and that is something that hopefully my kids will carry on into the future. Another family tradition that we used to have, which actually I don't do anymore because, well, I'm too tired to stay up till midnight. I'm an early bird, not a night owl. So yeah, I, I can't do it anymore. But when we were younger, at midnight, we would all go and crowd at the front door of our house. We would open the front door and we would open the back door and we would stand in the doorway, absolutely freezing our extremities off, It probably usually in just like pyjamas, and listen to the church bells. And it was all about letting the new year in the front door and letting the old year out of the back door. So yes, while I don't actually stay up till midnight anymore, that I think that's a really nice tradition. So when you're creating festivals and celebrations for your world, remember to think in those sort of terms of like having nationwide traditions that everyone across the whole country do, family traditions and also individual traditions as well. Because not only does it give more depth and colour to your world building and add more interest around an event, it can also do double time to reveal more about your character, your plot and your book's themes. So, for example, when we're thinking about character, think about which traditions your characters still follow, which ones they keep up, which ones they continue to do year in, year out. And think about the ones that they have abandoned and think about the reasons for those things. And consider how your characters feel about the traditions. Do they think that they're outdated? Do they think they're just superstitions? Or they might think they're completely stupid. Alternatively, they might think that the traditions are still really important or just quaint or really romantic. If they do still carry on with traditions that have been passed down, what sort of things would they risk to continue to practice those traditions? So they, would they would they risk being ridiculed by their peers? Would they maybe risk arrest? 
if these traditions have been made illegal, would they maybe even risk death to carry out these traditions? Just how important is it to your character? Or on the other side of the coin, what lengths will they go to to avoid taking part in the celebrations? Might they run away or not speak to their family for a while? Or would they put up with being shamed or ostracised? Maybe your character gets involved in the celebrations just to please someone else, maybe out of a sense of duty, or maybe they pretend to be less interested in it all than they really are just to impress somebody. And do they question the traditions that are part of that festival and that celebration? Do they do they question whether they should still be done or do they maybe even challenge them? All of these things can be used to reveal more about your character because as authors, we know that character is key. Character is the most important thing in our stories. That's why readers keep coming back to our books. So all the time, all the time when you're world building, you need to be bringing it back to character and thinking about how it affects your characters. So festivals and celebrations can also be used to cause conflict and to push the plot forward in that way. So any kind of celebration or festival can cause conflict. It could cause conflict between the religious and the secular parts of your society or between different religious groups. It can cause conflict between different cultures or races or generations. Particular celebrations might have become banned or outlawed. They might open up old wounds in society and remind people of things that maybe they would rather forget. Or celebrations can be used to challenge authority or the status quo. So they can cause a lot of conflict. They can become quite dangerous even. And because you're creating conflict, you can use it to either disrupt or oppose your character's pursuit of their goal. Perhaps your character gets arrested at an event or caught up in a fight that breaks out. Maybe they were one of the instigators of that, or maybe they were just an innocent passerby. Perhaps the event gives them a moment of realisation, which makes them question who they are and what they want in life. It could be the inciting incident that sets them off on their journey. It could be an event that simply stops them from being able to get where they want to go with maybe family commitments or expectations of attendance or simply by the roads being closed or blocked for an event. And you can also use festivals and celebrations to explore themes and issues in your world. Think about what the festivals symbolise And think about what they reveal about your society. You can use them to show up contrast between different parts of your society, like the religious and the secular side, maybe the magical and non-magical side, the difference between people who have and people who have not got resources, and the differences between wastefulness and thriftiness, You can contrast cultural differences or generational differences. You can highlight inequalities in your society between like men and women or rich and poor. 
So you can think about who is excluded from the celebration or who serves who, who gets who gets to enjoy the celebration, who has to still open their business for the festival and who gets a day off work. Whose history or religion or culture is being celebrated with this festival? And maybe that means that another religion or culture or history is actually being villainized by it. And also consider how the focus of the festival has changed over the years. Does it celebrate or perpetuate outdated ideals and beliefs? Or has it been modernised? Maybe it's been appropriated by another group. Maybe the original meaning of the festival isn't even remembered anymore and nobody actually remembers why it is that they carry on with these traditions. Does it revere and celebrate the past or is it to serve as a reminder not to repeat some of the past? And you can explore themes through festivals and celebrations, through thinking about all of these things. So, you know, you might want to explore themes of greed or selfishness or consumerism or romance or inequality and unfairness, hope, loyalty, maybe looking at the importance of culture or family or like celebrating where we come from, or perhaps the futility of those things. Maybe it symbolises the passing of time or the fragility of life or the power of nature. Maybe it explores social divides or your society's reliance and dependence on a particular thing that maybe all of a sudden they lose and don't have any more. Maybe it symbolises rebirth or the joy of life or the strength of community. So whatever themes you want to explore in your book, you can create a festival or a celebration that explores those even further. So that's all the really useful ways that you can use celebrations in your stories, not forgetting the fact that they can just be really fun things to write. Personally, I love writing a festival or a fair or an annual market into my books. I love bunting and tents and the idea of a town coming alive for just a few days of big, important, magical things happening. I love the smell of candy floss and the lights and the music. It's just so much fun to write. And of course, it lets you bring strangers into town and Fun things can happen when your characters meet strangers. They can fall in love, they can have epiphanies, they can get into trouble, uh, they could run away from home. And it can really just bring some depth and colour to your world building. It can reveal the past of your world, its history. It can explain some of the nuances of your world, like cultural things that have been held onto through these festivals and celebrations. It can highlight aspects of your society and the way that they view things, what they value, what they think worthy of celebrating and remembering. And they can highlight national attitudes as well as individual ones. So they can show how things have changed or how things are changing or even the things that need to change in your world. Plus, they give you the chance to make up some cool stuff like special food. That's one of my favourite things in world building. I mean, I'm pretty obsessed with food anyway, but it's a fun thing to make up for your books. But again, even food can play a more important part. 
If there are feasts around your celebration, think about what is eaten and how it's different to the usual diet. Think about how it's eaten too. Is it eaten communally or maybe they give give it out to the poor or maybe they just <laughs> sit around and overindulge? And where does this extra food come from and how is it stored? Who has to cook it and serve it and clean up afterwards? Just as the celebration itself, you can use the food to reveal character or to create conflict or to explore your themes. It can highlight differences between different demographics of people, like different cultures, different genders, socioeconomic groups or generations. Likewise, with the other aspects, things like presents and the kinds of gifts that people are given or the rites and rituals that are performed, or like expectations of behaviour, both contrasting these between different groups of people, or contrasting it between the festival and just what happens in everyday life. So what changes for your characters around the times of these celebrations? What do they do differently? And most importantly, how do they feel about it? Because always, always, always you have to think of your characters and you have to bring it back to them every time. They are the most important part of your writing, so keep bringing it back to them. Find out what their opinion is, talk to them and explore the festival through them. Well, I hope that's given you some cool ideas to think about and I would love to hear about any festivals and celebrations you decide to write into your books. So do let me know on social media if this has sparked off an idea for you. Well, that's pretty much it for the topic. Remember that if you want to hear all the backstage stuff and get all of the other benefits, you can join us over at patreon.com forward slash unstoppable authors. And don't forget to share the podcast online and tag us on social media. We're on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Just search for Unstoppable Authors. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Unstoppable Authors podcast. We'll be back next week with more of our tenacity and worldly wisdom. If you want even more of us, you can find us on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook and our show notes and heaps of helpful blog articles are at unstoppableauthors.com. We want to connect with you. Join our Guild of Unstoppable Authors via our website and you will not only hear from us every week, but you will also get a free digital copy of my book, 30 Days of Worldbuilding. We also have a Facebook group where we hold each other accountable, share our goals and successes and encourage each other to be unstoppable. You can find that at www.facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash we are unstoppable authors. If you enjoyed the episode, please remember to subscribe and leave a review. See you next week.